I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here we go. Pac-12 fans, this one's for you. Put your hands up! This it's the Pac-12 Apostles. Keeping it real. And only the truth lives here. Pac-12 Apostles. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amson. And this is the Pac-12 Apostles. We just had the conference championship game. We know what bowl games everybody is going to. The Pac-12 honors have come out. And some of them we agree with. Some of them we don't. Dion is in Boulder, Colorado. The college football playoffs, the Heisman, man, and the transfer portal is pop-a-locking. And uh, that's what we got to talk about today. Do not forget to send your emails. I'm Matt, I-M-M-A-D, at unafraidshow.com, and leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, yeah, yeah, we will go from there. But when we start today, we had the Pac-12 championship game. USC lost to Utah for the second time. And I got a call on Saturday night. Or no, actually on Sunday morning. I know, No, sorry, it was Saturday night. And someone was like, man, USC, they're going to get penalized for having to play a 13th game. And I'm like, no, they're not being penalized. They lost. The game that they needed to win. But they're like, but the other teams didn't have to play. Now, there is an element to that, right? But also, we've seen teams who've had championship games rise and jump into the top four because they got the opportunity to play that game as well. So what's Mm -hmm. good for the goose is good for the gander. And yes, USC was negatively impacted by having to play another game, but... Uh, so were other teams. Like if, it, like sometimes you gotta win, 
And it's the fashion that you lose in sometimes too. Like TCU lost by a touchdown. I'm sorry, they lost by a field goal in overtime to a good team. Had Michigan lost to Purdue, we might be talking about a whole different can of can of worms. If they lose to an unranked Purdue, bro, that could be a major problem. So, do you think USC got shafted by not getting into the college football playoff? Because I do no, not. no, I don't. But I, I think that you, if USC fans uh, want to have a grievance about this, they absolutely can. Um, I don't subscribe to the idea that the four best teams should get in. I think you should have to play the schedule in front of you. But I also don't subscribe to the whole thing of like if you earn another game and you earn the opportunity to prove something, or in USC's case, to get a team back, you should probably do that. Uh, If Michigan had got bounced out, then this whole thing would be a joke. Uh, But I thought that TCU and USC were at risk. I really did. TCU gets in. um, USC does not. They lost to the same team twice, and the second time that team they lost to went on a 44-7 to run. Yes. So... Okay, now now let's talk about that 44 to 7 run. Because yes. USC people, very there's a consensus amongst them. The only reason why they lost is because Caleb Williams got hurt, even though he threw for over 360 yards and three t- touchdowns. I do not subscribe to that theory, Ralph. Not even a little bit. And it's honestly, it's kind of exhausting. Because the reason why they lost, number one. They gave up 47 points. Don't give up 47 points, first and foremost. Second of all, Utah was busting coverage in the beginning of the game. Like, it wasn't anything that Lincoln Riley schemed up. It wasn't any magic play from Caleb Williams, even though he did do a good job of hitting the guys. They were wide open. Like, they were literally busting coverage. And then Utah stopped busting coverage and USC, they like, and then the other reason USC did a piss poor job of tackling. Like they did not want to tackle. They were except on one play. <laughs> oh yeah. When, they, one when, play. when they tried to decapitate Cam rising. Yeah. Raylan Goforth, who, who, how funny would it be if Raylan Goforth ends up in Utah? Cause he's in the portal now, mm. but like Ray, Raylan Goforth absolutely stuck Cam rising with maybe the best hit I've seen this year. That was awesome. And Cam rising getting right back up was made it even cooler. Yes. I mean, part, part of the reason why it looks so bad is because quarterbacks don't always strap their helmets up like as tight as you, as you probably should. I I even talked to my, my own son about this. So in, yeah, it looked way worse, but that was a good, clean football hit. Even, even if he got hurt, there would not have been anything nefarious or bad about it. But I just think that USC people, they cried about the Utah game. Cried about it. Oh my God. The the uh, first one I saw, like, we got cheated. The refs cheated us. You gave up 43 points. Yeah. I, but I also would have been crying about that 
if I was a USC. Utah fans were they they could have been upset about a safety that that should have been called on on a holding penalty. These are Pac-12 refs. This is this was not anything nefarious against USC. It's just what you get in a conference sometimes. So. Yeah. And then you go to the college football. I mean, you go to the conference championship game. You have everything in front of you, and you blow it. Like, like, and they were, and they were acting like, like uh, Caleb Williams, who had been phenomenal all season, was like, like he needed to get medivaced uh, I, 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 after the game. You're like, come on, c- come on. No, bro. no, no. After about three series of not being able to use his feet, he figured things out. He yep. started slinging it all over the field. Now, I saw a side of Caleb Williams in this game that made me like him uh, even more, yes. even though I think public opinion on him might have soured because of the, the nail stickers and the the being upset after the game. But being upset after the game, like it happens. He 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 doesn't like losing. There's a lot of guys like that that really, really hate to lose. Yeah. I saw a lot of people making Max Duggan into some kind of a hero because he was crying after the game in front of the media, but Caleb Williams is crying with a towel over his head on the bench. And you, you don't hear the things that are coming out of his mouth because he's not talking to the press or anything, but he's a sore, he's a sore loser. And I, I don't I I, I think maybe some people were projecting some feelings onto Caleb Williams that aren't fair. Yeah. I'll be honest. I think the nail stickies were very corny and this yes. is the exact reason. Very corny. It was corny when he did it against ASU, but at least it wasn't FASU. It was super corny when he did it against Notre Dame. And when he did it against Utah, who is a better team. And we talked about last week on the podcast on how they're a better team. And you pretty much even called that USC was going to score 27 to 31 points. And it wasn't going to be enough to, for what they're going to give up on defense, yep. which it, it, it went that exact way. And then when you get blown out, and you find a hey, football's a team game, your defense has to do something, and they didn't, those nail stickies end up looking ridiculous. And now that's going to be part of the narrative when you're up there accepting the Heisman. Caleb Williams has got to have somebody in his corner. Lincoln Riley, like, and Lincoln Riley, who gets, if someone was to tweet what was on Caleb Williams' nail stickers, if he was, if, if somebody was to tweet Lincoln Riley that, F-U-S-C, he would block them. It's very sensitive. Yeah. Right? He, sh- he should know as a sensitive man that it's not going to be taken <laughs> well, especially by the Utah fan base. Correct. Um, so I don't know. I And I, I had a bunch of people tell me that I was wrong. Um, that's fine. I find it corny. And P- I think people think were thinking that I was talking about the fact that he has a manicure. No. Which, why, I'm gonna, why am I going to fault somebody for taking care of their nails and cuticles? <laughs> like... I'm the son of a painter. I got cracked hands. I wish, I wish I had better nails. Like I'm not, I'm not faulting him that it's the, it's the message because then you're going to go accept the Heisman in front of the whole country. And they're going to be talking about how you got, you put the nail stickers on and then you got humbled. Hopefully he did get humbled. Hopefully if, if he does that in the NFL, he's going to get killed. Mm, You really want to be that big of a villain at the NFL level where you have painting cute little messages on, on, on your nails to, to call out the other team. Yeah, that's a. It, it's just a bad look. It, it it's just corny. Like it, like it's not dope. And that's who Caleb Williams is. He is kind of corny, but he's super super talented. He is crazy yep. talented. But as far as the kids, they don't look at Caleb Williams like some style icon or that. Like 
what he wants to be and portrayed as in terms of his brand is not received it with the kids the same way, if that makes sense. No, no. And if he keeps doing the nail stuff, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to get the Kyler reputation that he's the, the toddler with the knife, <laughs> the running toddler <laughs> with the knife in that video. The, he's the little kid that you can't get control of. I personally, to me, he was the best player in college football this year. And I believe he deserves the Heisman and I think he will get it. Okay. So, so what, now, how do you feel about that? Now let's get into that Heisman talk, right? Because <clears throat> I was frustrated with the Heisman finalists. Mm-hmm. I thought if we are like, it's so much indicative on where your team finishes and all of this stuff. Like, like Stetson Bennett is a fine player, but his wins above replacement is way lower than, than Max Duggan, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, uh, B. John Robinson, uh, you know, a lot of other players. Dorian Thompson Robinson, a lot of them. So, and this year, I didn't think that we had somebody who was cover to cover, just like, bro, th- this is no question your, your Heisman winner. I, mm-hmm. And this is not a shot against Stetson Bennett at all. But... He shouldn't, he wasn't one of the four best players. Like he's literally not even one of the four best players on his team. He's not even one of the four most important players on, on his team. Right. Where we're like Caleb Williams, the best player on his team, Max Duggan. He's not the best player on his team. Number, number one, the wide receiver is, but Max Duggan is the most important player on his team. Yeah. So, and, and, and CJ Stroud, he was really good this year. Their schedule was super light and he disappeared in a couple games. So like that, that doesn't mean that he shouldn't win the Heisman or something like like that. But if I had to adjudicate over the whole season and how important this dude was to the success, I would, I would probably give it to Caleb Williams, but then I might be second guessing the Max Duggan thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I I feel you on that. I I think that Max Duggan put together a season that would be Heisman worthy. Yeah. Um but he, but if you put Caleb Williams on that TCU team, they're not having four comeback victories. Those are probably all two touchdown wins. Like Okay. I can I, I you you are I would say that you are right about that. Now, now Caleb Williams. I have can't, a frustration with it being. Yeah, but a Caleb Williams award. can't do what Max Duggan can do either. Like where like Max Duggan runs the ball a lot and he's built for it tough. Caleb Caleb Williams, he's sticking his face in there like that, bro. Well, yeah, twice this season, and I I might be wrong on the actual time that this happened, but twice this season, I felt like after a long run. Caleb Williams was physically weakened for the rest of the game. Yes. I noticed that, that when, whenever he had like was running around or whatever and got winded, the next couple throws were bad. Like yeah. when, when, when Caleb Williams went on that long run and they were like, Oh, the delay of game was because he was hurt. No, it was because he was tired. Yeah. And when you, when you run 80, 90 yards, cause he goes side to side also, you get tackled. <laughs> what the f- You're supposed to do something else that day. 
much less 20 seconds later. That's yeah. insane. I fell over in my kitchen the other day and I was ruined for three days. <laughs> talk about me running 90 yards at full speed and then getting taken down from behind by a world-class athlete. Like, no, I'm that's a month in a hospital bed. He's, he's incredible, but sometimes that stuff does take something out of you. And I, I do also have, I have a basic frustration with the fact that it's a quarterback award yes. because you have a guy like Nathaniel Dell who in 2021 had 1300 yards receiving and everybody knows he's the best player at Houston. And everybody knows the key to beating them is to stop this one guy. And he comes back and he does it again. Yep. Same thing again. And, and they act like they can't We're not even going to hear his name. Yep. He should be in New York. He should be in New York. Nathaniel Dell, Houston Cougars. Look him up. If you don't know his name, you should know his name, but we only focus on quarterbacks. It's insane. hundred percent. Right. Now, Deion Sanders shows up to the Pac-12, shows up to the Pac-12, leaves Jackson State. And if you want to know my thoughts about it, go on my Twitter, go on Fox Sports Radio, Twitter or Instagram, on YouTube, on my YouTube channel. George, George Reister gave a lot of thoughts on that. But just about him in the Pac-12, his introductory like the video that they put out of his talk to the team where he was like, yo, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Basically saying, get your shit together because listen, things ain't going to be the way they used to be. And he said some nuggets in there. I don't think the kids really necessarily heard. He was like, we ain't wearing no earrings in meeting. No, no hoodies in meetings. I was like, bro, you're not used to living in Colorado, are you? It's cold as hell outside. (laughs) (laughs) You you may have to rethink that hoodie part. (laughs) You see one kid in the back row. He's like, no hats next time we meet. And the kid's like, yoink, (laughs) takes his hat off, sits it in his lap. Oh, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I don't even know. Yeah, see, see, I, I honestly, with those type of rules, I would not go to Colorado to be to to be honest with you. I did think it was funny because I spent a whole day defending Dion because he came in there and said like, "Hit the portal because I'm bringing my luggage and it's Louis." Yeah. Right. I appreciate. First of all, that's just how they talk in locker rooms, and those aren't his players, and he has no allegiance to them whatsoever. But you think all these other kids in the in in the country are hitting the portal because they want to? Not all of them. They're being told oh, often yeah. by incoming coaches, like, yes. "Hey, we don't have a spot yes. for you." If you look and at so, the majority of people in the Pac-12 who are in the portal, because there are some teams that have a bunch of players in the portal. I'm not talking about Stanford, who has no head coach right now. I'm talking about there are a couple of teams that have kids in the portal. And they were welcomed to get into the portal. Yeah. Except yeah, for, for sure. maybe like two of them they would have wanted to keep. Like, yeah, I mean, like, Texas, te- Texas A&M, got the best class money could buy last year. They got 18 kids in the portal right now. Yep. 18 scholarship athletes in the portal. You, if now, you think their a, case a lot of is these a guys, little bit different. <laughs> their case is a little bit different. They, yeah, but they did have some players on their team that were screwing around all year that kind of messed yeah. up the culture of the – the situation. So it's not surprising to me that, that you would have that many in because some of them were probably told pack your bags is not a home for you here anymore. You're going to be like, cause we're going to bring in somebody better than you next year. And you didn't do anything to earn it this year. This is a conversation that is had. What I always hate is that the players 
for a couple of years there, there was this shame where the players had to be like, after much thought and prayer, I'm entering my name into the transfer portal. When the truth is they had no other choice. Yep. Especially if there was a coaching change, you can go to school for free, but you can't play football. So because, because they can come in and they can just cut you with the transfer portal. You, 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 if it's not a new coach, you could stick around and make their life a living hell. If you want to, I, I don't know why you would do that, but you could just stick around if you want to. And for the most part that, you know, they'll find a way to get you off the team. I'm sure, but you, you could stick around when a new coach comes in, they can just cut you. They have to honor your academic scholarship, but they don't have to keep you around the team. Yep. And so, you know, I did not have a major reaction to that because I was like, Oh, it's good for people to see how, how they actually talk in locker rooms and the attitude that coaches actually bring in. Cause that wasn't a Dion thing. That's a, every coach that comes. Yes. In thing. Then the next day, they cut their whole incoming class. The kids who hadn't even been on campus yet, the whole class, every single one of them oh, had been committed. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that because there, there is a kid, a quarterback that plays at West ranch who used to be at, at Sierra with my, with my kids. Uh, his name is Ryan stop. And he transferred out and now, and he lit it up this year. Now he is supposed to be going to Colorado. Lord have mercy. Yeah. So they, you got a bunch of people that were committed to a one in 11 school that didn't have a head coach. They committed to a one in 11 school that did not have a head coach. And two now, weeks out from early signing day, should he kicked, honor those is the question. Yes. Because Rick I, George, I told, believe so too. Rick George told those guys, Rick George told those guys, a couple of them, he told those guys that, that they weren't going to get cut and to stick it out. So these players had conversations with the university. So, so, athletic so on 24 seven, all those kids are still committed as of this point. So do you think that they're going to get re re offered and Rick George is going to honor that? Or do you think that no. he's going to, Oh, no, okay. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to be there, but. <laughs> No, I wouldn't want to be there, but it was like, it was like 10 kids yesterday that were like, call, then they, they were honest about it on Twitter. Colorado has decided not to honor my scholarship. One kid was like, Colorado decided not to honor my scholarship, even though Rick George had me hang on for the last nine weeks telling me this wouldn't happen. And in that kid's bio, and I'm not going to name the kid, in that kid's bio is one thing. It says, Jesus is king. And one of the things that frustrates me is because you have Deion Sanders coming to Colorado saying that God told him to. And and there's going to be people outside the Christian faith that are watching this saying, is, is the God of the universe ordering your leaps or is he ordering your steps? Yep. Because I know, I know if God might have told you to go to Colorado, but God certainly didn't tell you to, to tell this Christian kid who serves the same God as you to kick rocks after your boss told him he, he shouldn't have to. Yes. So I spent a whole day defending Dion. And then on the other side, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a person of faith. I believe that Dion is out here doing a net positive for the youth of America. And he's been a part of my life. As long as I can remember he's my favorite dual sport athlete of all time. And probably the coolest guy since Muhammad Ali to ever suit up in any sport. However, Please don't use the 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 creator of the universe in my view, in my religion, and the savior of my life in my view and my religion to to justify 
doing these business decisions. Yes, yes. And Ryan Stobbs specifically, he said he's taking an official visit to SMU this weekend. Vanderbilt's coming to coming to well came to come watch him throw uh, a day or two ago. They're probably going to offer. He's like, bro, I haven't heard from Dion yet as of the fifth. And he was like, listen, you know what I'm not going to do? Oh, and he said Stanford as well. So you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to be left out here in the cold. I'll tell you that much. So I don't blame him. I don't six blame players, him. Six players decommitted yesterday. Jamari Holman decommitted uh, today. Uh, I know Bryce Smith decommitted yesterday. Um, Julius Coates decommitted. Uh, no, that not Julius Coates. I'm an idiot. That was like two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just uh, uh, Wesley Watson. Um, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so, it you know, it's going to be um, it's going to be interesting because because, you know, what do you do if you're Rick George? Rick George, Wesley Watson is one of those players that um, I don't know. I don't know. The Wesley Watson thing. I, I wish we could just cut this whole thing because the Wesley Watson thing happened before Dion. I'm blaming Dion for, for you know somebody who's going to Kansas State it has nothing to do with, um, nothing to do with Dion. But uh, Eddie Schultz, you know, there's a there's there's a bunch of these guys. Yeah. Um, and, and everyone's gonna forget about this. Literally, everyone is gonna forget about this uh, a couple of weeks from now. Hopefully, all these kids get spots. I had somebody in my mentions that was like, this happens all the time. What's the big deal? And I'm not the whole class, not two weeks before, because now they're competing with who they thought were going to be their teammates for extra spots elsewhere. Yep. I don't know. It's a mess. Definitely is. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. 
If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. So, but, you know, he may have an impact on the college, on the Pac-12 media negotiations on some level probably, right? I would think so. Overall, overall, I'm not meaning to crap on Dion. I'm excited to have him here. Uh, I actually think that you're going to have a fair amount of people that go to Colorado and they're like, ah, this ain't right for me. Because I'm going to tell you, I would not sign up. I would not sign up to go there. Like playing for Dion sounds exciting, but I would, I really want to see how good he is as a coach. The the same way as I would want to see any other, like we don't have the sample size for him. Like, yes, at the FCS, but he had better players. Like, I mean, it was literally like Alabama playing uh, Vanderbilt. Yeah. And you would be going to Boulder, Colorado to be an extra in the Deion Sanders show. Yes. Now, now there is some positives to that in that the pressure is going to be on him as opposed to you. But, you know, I do think that, that that's going to be an interesting aspect of it, too, about how the the star power is handled with the players versus Dion. Right. Colorado having a the super liberal Pac-12 having a relationship with Barstool, which is not illiberal, but it's not it's not the uh, it's not the friend of the cancel culture. Certainly, you are. Um, you yes. know that that's going to be interesting. Um, the media circus is going to be interesting, but I think the smart thing for Colorado here is. When they say what's the worst that could happen, it includes just being right back where they're at right now. Yes. Yep. So now we were talking about the transfer portal yesterday, and we wanted to put a pin in the conversation for this podcast. Yeah. So to take it back, Ralph tweeted out a tweet that that generated some reaction from from people and essentially tell tell me if I am right in saying what you said. So Ralph is essentially saying that the people who cover college football, some of them have transferred so much energy into reporting on the transfer portal that yes. that 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 transfers the reaction, the negative reaction that so much of the information is met with is then like it's good for their business, but it's like you believe that it could have a negative impact on how people view college football. Yeah, I equated the transfer portal coverage to Donald Trump coverage. Like when um, 2015, Donald Trump comes down the escalator and announces that he's running for president and half the country was like, what? You know, like what? We don't. We don't care. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a, um, bloviating, uh, TV guy with a bunch of failed businesses who never pays his contractors. That was the reaction, the initial yeah. reaction. And then you had a 16 person Republican primary. And during that process, the media coverage was so obsessed. It was so focused on Donald Trump that it kind of helped raise his star a little bit, but at the expense of, a bunch of people who never wanted to hear his name once getting to the point where they, they, it, it literally did not matter. It, 
and <laughs> trust me, I'm not saying that he was, but he could have been the greatest president of all time. And it never would have mattered. There, there was 60% of, of the population of the country, regardless of whether they voted or not, like hated the guy, right? Yeah. They hated the guy. And I'm including a bunch of people under 18 who don't vote, who just hated us for electing him. Right. So that <laughs> the, the, you have that going on. Okay. Uh, and, and at the same time, toward the end of it, the media was just like, Oh, we're so sick of Trump. We're so sick of it. We're so sick of it. We get that. Yeah, everybody but you're hates not it. though. We hate that. We haven't talked about, first of all, you capitalize. You don't on have him. to talk about it. You can talk about something else. You realize that the coverage that you were giving him created engagement, which fueled and funded your business, but the engagement was negative, okay. right? So that so, that was Trump. So I'm looking at transfer portal coverage, and I'm looking at all these companies dedicating resources into covering the transfer portal. And all that I see is that people freaking hate the direction of college football. They hate it. You have some people that are like, yeah, well, it is what it is. More power to the kids. But you also have a lot of people who are like, I wanted the kids to have power, but I didn't want this. I didn't want it to turn to this. And so I'm seeing every a ton negative, of engagement. Yep. See, a lot of engagement has a has a like it, it's like the a man's strengths flow from the same well as his weaknesses. So now I love players having that access and there was going to be some negative parts to it. So I, I just don't let the negative parts bother me because I'm a college football fan and people who are college football fans, they're not going to tune out because of the transfer portal. They're not, they are, they are going to be upset, bothered by it, but you know what they, what, what they're going to do is adjust their expectations because college football already, like you knew you didn't get these dudes for a long time. Like, you like they were going to come in as freshmen, probably red shirt, the majority of them. And then you would get them as fandom for like two years, even though that they would be there for three to five years. You were really only going to get two years to really cheer for them anyway. Three if you three of you were blessed and they were just super good and something happened and they d decided to, to stay. Like if you get three years out of a starting NFL, I mean, out of a starter who's a star. You have you have been very, very fortunate. So I believe that fans are going to adjust their expectations and maybe their attachment to the players uh, that they're going to detach from the players, but then still lean into the team that they cheer for. And I don't know if that I, I don't know if that's true. And one of the things that we were talking that you brought up was there's a lot of NFL fans that said that they were done with football when the Kaepernick stuff was going down. Yeah, but my whole thing about true. that is, but the Kaepernick stuff wasn't related to the on-field product. And we see sports grow and drop in popularity all the time. And the idea that it can't happen to college football, uh, to me, is absurd because you you have a large group of fans who were college football fans, and they were college football fans for 40, 50 years, Right. And things were the same for 40, 50 years. But in the last five to 10 years, things have radically and rapidly evolved. Yeah, but you have if a lot you of college, college football, football fans. Football, 
you're not going to stop loving college football. You just Unless won't. it stops being college football. I'm telling How does you, it stop? It, it's still the, it, there are a it's lot still of people the that university watch versus universities. It is it, like the In game hasn't ways, changed. For the fans of the laundry who don't care who shows up either way, that's fine. But it's getting to the point where it, being a casual fan is harder and harder. And you'll at least admit this, George, without a 24-7 or on three or Rivals subscription, which I work for an affiliate of Rivals, without a subscription to one of these things, it's getting almost impossible to keep up with getting. who is on your team. Getting. Dude, dude, I, I was looking at the portal list yesterday from, from, from Oregon. Mind you, I follow these things very closely. And I was like... And somebody finally put out just an, a detailed list, which continues to update at a minute. And and uh, you text me the other day and you were like, oh, uh, Jay. Uh, oh, are, do you need a minute to mourn about Jay Butterfield? I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't even know the kid was in the portal <laughs> that that day. So Jay Butterfield, Ryan, uh, Brian Cardwell, Sean Dollars, Dante Thornton, Seven McGee, Bram Walden. Brady Swenson, Jackson LaDuke, Justin Flo, Brandon Buckner, Jabril McNeil, Terrell Tillman are all in the portal. I, I, a lot. I would not have known that they were all in the portal. But what's going to happen for you, George? And here, here's where I'm not sure that you see what I'm talking about. What's going to happen to those roster spots at Oregon? Who's going to fill them? Somebody from other teams. Dudes, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like okay. proven, proven players. Okay, I am from Sheridan, Wyoming. What's going to happen to my Cowboys? Who's going to fill those spots for my Cowboys when high Xavier Valade? High school students. Right. So we get Xavier Valade, but the second that he blows up, he gets to go to ASU. And then his backup rushes for over 1,000 yards this year. His name is Titus Swen. You will recognize him when he plays for somebody else because he's in the portal right now. So if you... if You guys are a farm system. Right. You guys are farm Why team. do people want... Nobody wants to be a triple A college football fan. Do, do you not think? <laughs> do you not think? Do you not think that that? Do you think it was Mark Emmer alone? Because you and I were calling for the same changes as as loudly and as often as we could. Yeah. That this pie has grown and grown and grown, but the slice that is dedicated to the labor that actually provides the entertainment does not grow. Correct. And we 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 gnashed our teeth and tore our clothes and 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 cursed the heavens and finally we got that change. But do you not think that Mark Emmert had legions of people who agreed with him? Yes. And I think I think that the college football fan that is fifty and younger, the people our age, is saying, "Well, well, those people are just going to die, so they're going to have to deal with it until they die." Like, no, a, a large portion of the people that fund. And make college football and made college football what it was happened to be in their 60s and 70s, hate the direction of college football. And I believe once they decide that college football isn't college football, there are people who watch on Saturday and don't even check in on Sunday. Those people exist. And if those people feel like you are Sundaying my Saturday, they're going to walk away. So nope. all I'm asking for is for the people that cover college football that have an addiction to immediate engagement to maybe put less attention on 
the transfer portal and put more attention on telling players stories because that's the way that you're going to get people to stick around and still root for these kids is if they know who these kids no, are dude, you and it's are getting harder and harder. It. Oh my God, you are missing it. Dude. What the you're telling me portal is what a you're soap telling opera. me. It is a soap opera. It is Donald Trump. Like you were saying, it's a soap opera and we can't turn away. We're like, God, it, it gives us something to be mad about. It's like watching uh, Fox News or CNN. It's fear porn, dude. College it is football, fear porn. College football was a break from that shit. It was a break. And now it isn't. Now you have to be so invested just to keep That's up. That's good for the game. That is good for the game. That makes people just that much more invested. And now, and truthfully, it's actually... Uh, motivated people. Oh my God, we got to start a collective. Let's micro donate so we can get our uh, players. Now, I do think that you have a very, very, very valid point about the farm system teams, about the NAUs, the Wyoming's, the, uh, you know, the Nevada's of the world, the, you know, the, uh, the Sunbelt teams and right. That are that when they have a player that's a dude, dude, they're gonna be like, I can go get the money and I'm out of here. But, but the thing is, bigger, better dealing does not always work because we've seen plenty of people who were in that situation go to places and it don't work out like you thought it was gonna work out. I mean, okay, look at Brendan Rice at UCL. At, at, at USC, is he better off with what happened at USC this year than having stayed at Colorado? That's a tough. That's a tough one because. But that's what I'm saying. It's it's he's it's, two points. He's two points away from being in a college football playoff. He'd have been languishing yeah, on the one not. eleven roster this yeah, year. Yeah, but he's not. But that's it is. Is I'm talking about personally in terms of whatever his own personal goals are. I get that some of it was about winning and losing, right? Yes. Well, here's the deal. There are a lot of kids who will always, always have to learn the lesson about pond size. They always will. And they Look do at the learn kid that at Arizona lesson. Singer. Singer. He I, I was like, why the hell is he in the portal? He's he's in the Pac 12. He he's probably going to end up at Oregon, which I'm. Which hey, singer, come on, come on. Since since you <laughs> decided to do he that, he never got recruited. Him. He never got recruited. He's an Arizona walk-on, so he wants to go through the recruiting process. That one I understand. He never I don't. Been through the recruiting he had process. a good spot. He's catching balls. Nobody's going to take his spot. Like it's going to be him and T Mac. I get, and I'm sure you can. Sometimes parse down when each you try to situations. But you figure all these kids are supposed to be learning this this big fish in a small pond lesson when they come from their high schools, if they're not at a at, at a super school or a private school that recruits or whatever, that they are the big fish in the small pond. And then they learn that lesson by going to college and realizing that there's dudes everywhere. But when you go to a place like you said, NAU or Wyoming or whatever, you don't necessarily learn that lesson because you're still performing at a high level. You want to see if you can chat. It's just like Dion did just like Dion from Jackson state to Colorado. You want to see if you can challenge yourself at the highest level. I get that. However, however, it will come at the cost of alienating fans. It just will. If you are a feeder team, it's going to be harder and harder to, uh, 
and you can always energize a fan base with a coaching search and yada, yada, yada. But I'm talking about these donors who never wanted it to go in this direction. Some people are going to be in and they're going to donate to NIL and stuff like that. But I do think a lot of people are going to walk away from the game of college football because it wasn't the game that they loved. Mm -mm. Nope. Nope. So you don't believe it. You don't see, you see it on the timeline every day that people don't like the direction of college football, but you think they're going to spend the next 20 years complaining and check in every Saturday. Um, it is just like what happens anytime there is a ton of significant change. There is, dude, d- I was reading uh, papers about what happened when when seatbelts became mandatory. Like, I, 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 people were outraged. And that was just one change. When they allow, I remember when they stopped allowing you to smoke in buildings. Oh, it was outrage. At, like, like anytime that there is major and significant change, there's always pushback. But you know what, dude, dude, there were there were there were people that were like, oh, the expanded playoff. I'm out on it. The regular seat, bro, you will you will be OK. You will adjust. It will be it. We're, we're in the rip the bandaid off phase when when you rip a bandaid off. It still hurts. And you're like, ah, ah. and then I'll tell you that. Oh, OK, OK, I'm better now. As opposed to if you slowly pull that thing off. Listen, we are in the rip the bandaid off phase. And in a year, this will two years, this will be the new normal, and everybody will, will adjust until some other like a seismic change happens in 10 years, whatever that may be. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Well, I don't think things are going to go back. I don't think things are going to go back at all. I'm no, not asking not for things to change back. back. These ain't the what good I'm old saying days. is, what I'm saying is, if you are a media or content creating entity, do not sacrifice the long term health of the business for short term engagement. Mm, um, we talk about the transfer portal, baby. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine to talk about it. But the way that these some pe- some of these yeah. people are leaning in to yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. that is making yeah, people say they're going to quit, I believe these people. I believe them. I do not believe them. Okay. You need more people. All right. Um, the conference put out its its awards for Pac-12 uh, Coach of the Year. Their uh, conference teams. Now, interestingly enough, there were no, no Arizona people on the all Pac-12 teams. We got a punter. Oh, Arizona, like yes. Wildcats? Yes. Yeah, that uh, especially offense. That makes no sense. Yeah. And on and Arizona State got two. They got a punter and Xavier Valaday on second team. You had um, who else was under? Oh, Colorado. Did they have anybody? Uh, no, no. Yeah, Colorado wasn't represented, and that was it. Those are the only people that got shut out. But before we get to the actual uh, players, coach of the year, co-coach of the year, Kalen DeBoer and Jonathan Smith. Are you okay with that? Um, sure. There, uh, there was some... it, it would not have been a co for me. Who's your coach of the year? Jonathan Smith. Dude, he won nine games without a quarterback. It, it, but I, like, I think like, they, but I, I think they also did what was probably expected of them. Nobody expected them to win nine games. Nobody expected them to beat Oregon. Like, like, like some of, like some of it was them going for two to beat Stanford, the miracle to beat Oregon. Like, granted, some of that happened, but but Kalen DeBoer pretty much inherited a good, a solid base of a roster. Got Michael Penix Jr. So I'm not diminishing anything that he did. I thought he did a fantastic job, and I knew that that Nebraska was going to be trying to court him, and that Washington was going to have to give him a new contract. All damn ready, but. I thought I'm not a co-guy, so I'm, I'm picking one, and my one would have been Jonathan Smith and then Kaylin DeBoer, too. Okay. I do not have an issue uh, with with them splitting. Um, I think the coach of the year is probably, um, you could argue, Kyle Whittingham, but also recovering from mistakes that Kyle Whittingham made. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah. but no, I, I, I don't have an issue with that. Um, what do you think offensive player of the year, Caleb Williams? You, you good there? Since he's probably going to get the Heisman. What were what were like my other options? Well, Michael, I mean, you, you, your, your guy, your guy, Bo and Michael Penix Jr. had massive years. Yeah, but but I'm a lean into the guy who ended up in the conference championship game and who was absolutely like the numbers aren't insane. He was really yeah. good. Like I, I have no problem with Caleb Williams as play as offensive player of the year. 
Tuli Tupelotu was like super obvious. Yeah. Yeah. With that like was Clark. That was Clark in, a, in, in, in other news. Water is wet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Freshman of the year, I thought was this was a little scandalous. I mm. first of all, I thought Damian Martinez was the most over awarded player in the conference. Like him, like what he's done, but I would not have made him freshman of the year. Okay, who over, would you have given it to? Your boy uh at Arizona. Yes. Who led the yes. conference in receiving touchdowns. T Mac. Yes. T Mac will should have been the offensive freshman of the year. One hundred percent. Yes. So, and Damian Martinez was good, but yeah, no, nope. nope. Yeah, he, Damian Martinez, like in the in the presentation of the award to Damian Martinez, they said that he was. Uh, they said he needs thirty yards to yes. become the fourth OSU freshman to reach a thousand. Like, cool, but he didn't get it yet. Correct. We already exactly. gave him the award for something he might do in the bowl game. Yeah. Might. So, di- didn't like that. Uh, defensive freshman player of the year, Lander Barton. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was exactly my, my stance to her. Sure. Okay. There were, wa- there weren't a ton of guys that like that, that performed as a freshman on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you could have went with, uh, uh, David Hicks over at Washington state. Yeah. I thought that I could have made a case for him as well. Yeah. Uh, With the all-conference teams, I want to point something good out before we complain. The DBs on the first team are – dude, That's there's four dudes. Like, that is a good – if you put rolled out Clark Phillips, Christian Gonzalez, Makai Blackman, and Rajon Wright, like, give me that as an NFL secondary. Mm, Bro. Bro, that yes, yes, because Gonzalez is a surefire first rounder. You have Clark Phillips, probably the second best defensive player in the conference. Ooh, Ray John Rice, pretty pretty damn good, bro. He's up there. Yeah, he's up there for yeah. sure. And and I think that all three of those, I think that of those four, the Makai Blackton Black Blackman is the is the worst of the four, but that it, but that's like, I'm using the word worst, but he was freaking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now to complain, Travis die and Xavier Valaday. Oh my God. Are going to be mad at Danny Martinez for over, the rest of their life. Bro over. Oh Lord. I, I I just are you talking about Bucky Irving? Yes, you, I'll throw Bucky Irving in there, looking at giving a side eye to Damian Martinez. I take any one of those three running backs, first team over Damian Martinez, yes. who will have his day. Yes, I, I'm trying not to disrespect Damian Martinez, but like ASU was garbage. If 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 it wasn't for Xavier Valade, dude, he was a one man. He's he, a monster. He, yeah. I, you said you said monster. I couldn't hear you because I was talking at the same time. First thing it sounded like you said is his mom's here. His mom's here. Yeah, she <laughs> is. She she wants to talk to she wants to talk to George Klyevkov right now. Yeah. Um. How'd you feel about the wideouts? Uh, I um, I didn't like Jordan Jordan Addison in there only because not not because he's not spectacularly talented. He just missed a lot of time. 
Yeah, I would say that probably the funniest thing to me is Jacob Cowing honorable mention. <laughs> Jacob Jacob Cowing's not first team or second team. I they think he's better than that, singer. Uh, they base that a lot on talent as opposed to like like NFL talent and hype as opposed to actual production. Yeah, I don't I I like Singer, but I like Cowing more. And Singer got second team and they probably weren't going to put three um okay. T-Mac, I don't T-Mac and, didn't even get honorable mention. That's bro, but but we see this every year where like yeah. the defensive freshman of the year wasn't even on the like the defensive freshman of the year uh who who was it it was either Sewell it, it might have happened to Sewell and to uh and to uh the kid that's at the Giants now from uh Oregon from uh, Oaks Oaks Christian uh oh. Kavon yeah yeah I think, think it happened to both of them where they were Pac-12 freshman of the year and then don't end up and then some other freshman ends up on like second team and you're like yeah. wait what How's that possible? Um, I I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Ben uh, Ben Yershek at, at second team tight end. Hated it. Who who would you have? Uh, I would have taken um, it, literally any of the any of the Oregon uh, either Matavau or uh, Ferguson, but probably Ferguson. He's a devastating blocker, and he catches the ball and runs. So I I think that they're both better than him. Okay. Um, uh, I I do want to throw in only – so I don't want to get, get too much because uh, – how do they have seven O-linemen on first team? Six. It's six O-linemen on first team. So – to me, the two best offensive lines in the conference were UCLA and Oregon. Yep. So I wanted to see some representation from UCLA on here. Which they was don't. weird, they, right? Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. They, they got one guy second team, which I thought was pretty wild. Here is the other one, though. How much did we dump all over USC's offensive line recruiting under Clay Helton? Oh, oh heavily. Constantly, right? Yes. It said none of those guys are ever going to work out. They're all three stars. Andrew Voorhees, in a year where they had pretty good O-line play in the Pac-12, I wanted to give a shout-out to him because he he you know, he you know got first team. And Brett Nealon, who was actually a really high-level recruit, um, but is very small um, and got hurt in the Pac-12 championship game. I love the way he played this year, and so wanted to give him a, a shout-out as well. Um, on defense, I, I thought Oregon kind of was a disappointment this year, and so was Washington. Yeah. Um, and so to not have any Oregon – they have one Oregon player on the first-team defense is understandable, but Washington had two players, two D linemen. Yeah, like that how, kind of surprised me. Yes, yeah, because their defense was a sieve. Yes, and they would have been better had – and I, I love Braylon Trice, but like they would have been better if they had – actually gotten to the early in the season had gotten to the quarterback a little bit more. They, they, they kind of came on as the, the season went on, but uh, overall, this is a better year than most. Usually yeah. Pac-12 yeah, voters yeah. really mess this up. Yeah, And you're like, how the fuck did you do that? Yeah. Running back, running backs, my primary issue. Um, a lot of good running backs and yeah. to not even, and then, and then the T-Mac thing, like did T what did T-Mac do to people? 
Yeah. He, he was the best, I think, the what highest rated recruit. Up? Yes, in, in Arizona history. And might have been the highest rated recruit to go to a Pac-12 school. Mm, no, no. Pretty, pretty sure. No, hold up. I'll Let check me. that. I'll check that. No, no, go on, go on. I can, I, I can check, check that super easy. I have that. Okay. Right up on my, on my handy dandy. Oh, if I click the right button. All right. Um. Now, while I'm looking that up, so, so if I go back to 2022, if, if my handy dandy, okay, so highest rated Pac-12 recruit was Joshua. Joshua Connerly. Oh, that's right. Who went to Oregon. And then after that, oh my God, it's just Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Georgia, Alabama. I'm guessing, I'm guessing you're on 24 seven. Yes. Okay. I'm on rivals. Obviously company man. He is the high, he was the number 12 overall player in the country. He was the highest rated player to commit to a pack. And then, and then he was through rivals on, on TC on, uh, on, uh, Oregon thing too. Was he a four-star on 24-7 or a five-star? Four-star. Okay. So, T-Mac, four-star on 24-7, five-star on Rivals. On Rivals, the highest-rated kid to come in. I would say exceeded expectations. Yeah. Oh, my God. And yeah. gets no and gets no postseason awards from the Pac-12 media. That is how you screw up your job. Your job is to acknowledge this, like for the health yeah, but the of the coaches vote over on time. these things, though. Yeah, but the coaches vote. Oh, fire everybody then. Who? What coaches? Herm's not even here anymore. Who are they? Who? Who's voting? Who voted for Stanford and who voted for? Uh... <laughs> they chased down Carl Durrell. Oh my God! Who the hell is voting for this stuff? I didn't even think about that. That's, that's better- three. That's three fired coaches. Sorry. Two fire coaches, one resigned coach. <laughs> uh, hey, so just a touch on Stanford. Who would you like to see get that job? Wish list it. Don't even be realistic. Chip Kelly or um, Chris Peterson. I would love to see Harbaugh win a national championship and then go back. Oh, God. Oh. Well, okay. So if he wins a national championship, obviously Michigan fans will be over the moon, especially with with how they treated him. Um, that, that's why he got to get out. He's got to leave, bro. If he leaves, well, actually, if he leaves, will will they be upset or would they feel like LeBron? Fan, I mean, Cleveland fans when LeBron left. The second probably time. that. Probably that. I pro- eventually, but I it's never going to get better. Yeah. It's never going to get better. It'd be like if James Franklin won at Penn State. I'd be like, oh, Lord have mercy. Out. Get out of there immediately before it goes left. Uh, right. To quote Tyrese, ejecto seat, cuz. <laughs> oh, all right. That is the Pac-12 Apostles for the day. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden. Peace out. Catch you next week. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.